Praise the Lord. So we're talking about Romans 11. The Lord took us through. It's amazing. God is too much. You know, we've, we've been, we started with Romans first, Romans 1. And went through. And now we're in 11. And we still have a few to go, but I know God is faithful. He will teach us. So let's read from Romans 11 verse 1 and let's read it says I ask then has God rejected his own people the nation of Israel of course not I myself am an Israelite a descendant of Abraham and a member of the of the tribe of Benjamin no God has not rejected his own people whom he chose from the very beginning do you realize what the scriptures say about this Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel and said, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And do you remember God's reply? He said, No, I have seven thousand others who have who have what? Never bowed to Baal. Baal. He says, This is the this is the same today. For if for a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace, His undeserved kindness in choosing them, and since it is through God's kindness, then it is not not by their good works. For in in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. So this is the situation. Most of the people of Israel have found the have found the favor of God. They are looking for so earnestly. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He says, "If you have the ones God has chosen, but the hearts of the of the rest were hardened, as the scriptures say, God has put them into a deep sleep." To this day, he has shut their mouth, their, sorry, shut their eyes so they cannot see, and closed their ears so they cannot hear. Likewise, David said, Let their bountiful table become a snare, a trap that, takes, that makes them think all is well. Let, let their blessings cause them to stumble, and let them get what they deserve. Let their eyes go blind so they cannot see and let the, their backs be bent forward. Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient. So God made salvation available to the, what, to the Gentiles. But he, I want to just say something. These Gentiles is what we were before. We're no longer Gentiles. So, so I just want to point that out. It says, but he wanted his own people to, be, to become jealous and claim it for themselves. Now, if the Gentiles were enriched because the people of Israel, now, if the Gentiles were enriched because of the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, think how much greater a blessing the world will share. The world will share when we finally accept it. You know, I, you read this thing. I read this thing. I read this scripture. This 
chapter chapter 11 verse 1 to 12 already a few times you know and the reoccurring theme of this chapter is God's mercy the reoccurring theme of this this chapter is love and mercy you can see it's just the mercy and the love of God it's just so reoccurring you could see it you know you could so it's in the Bible. That's why the Bible says it is the Lord's mercy that we are not we are not consumed. God is 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 a God of what multiple chances to change and improve. God is a God. I repeat, God is a God of multiple chances. He's a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh multiple chances you know the you know the person that you can see you, you that that i that, that that the lord wants us to refer to is paul is an example of god's of god's mercy god did not condemn paul for all his the crimes the crimes of <clears throat> crimes of uh, humanity i would call it crimes to kill christians god did not throw him out Paul was chosen to preach the, to the Gentiles. God chooses who will preach his word. God chooses who will go and tell the world. He chooses, he chooses those things. He chooses those people. He chooses those people. He chooses a pastor. Say this is it's not you don't choose yourself. Because what happens when you choose yourself after a while, when the going gets tough. You give up. You say, man, this is not for me. But when you know that it's God that chooses you, when the going gets tough, you know who chose you. So you know that he's going to equip you. He's going to, he's going to guide you. <laughs> Ephesians 4.11 says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Look at it now. I'm just saying. He gave it to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his, his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So God has he, he has an assignment when he chooses a pastor or an apostle or a prophet. And the assignment, he says, to equip God's people to do, to do his work and build the church, the body of Christ. And that's the key of God, the, 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 the cocoa of the matter. That's the key. God calls who he that who will serve him. God called Paul. This is this is the complete for me. I look at it, the complete mercy and grace of God. Complete mercy and grace of God. Paul had to, and you know the, the you know, I, I came to realize that Paul had to go through this dramatic encounter with God. He had because if he didn't encounter this, even if he go through the, this the kind of situation he went through, he wouldn't believe God. He would never be, he would never believe there was a God because in his mind he hadn't seen anything so dramatic. He felt that the people of the way, as he call it, the people of the way, that the, the, eh? what do you say? Yeah, he knew everything, but he, he also thought that the people of the way were just misleading others. And that he was the the uh, epitome of the the, mm. the, 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 the the teacher of the teachers. 
He knew the stuff. So you look at Acts 9, 1 to 9, New Living Translation. Acts 9, 1 to 9. We're talking about, you know, Damascus moment. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was was anger and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Uh. Damascus asking for their cooperation to arrest any of the followers of the way he found there. The way. Jesus is the way. The followers of Jesus. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back in chains. Can you imagine? In chains. As he approached Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly Shone and around him, he fell to his, his to the ground. Heard a voice saying to him, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord?" Saul asked. And the voice replied, "I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you you'll be told what what we we you must do." The man we saw stood speechless. Look at what he says. The, the man we saw stood speechless. The man we saw stood speechless because they never seen anything like this before in their life. Does she have a pacifier? He says, for they had heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw nothing. Can you imagine that? They heard the sound, but saw absolutely nothing. Can you imagine? That thing can freak anybody out. You hear somebody saying, saw, saw, and you've been looking around. Where is this voice coming from? Saul picked himself up off the ground, but then, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So he his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink anything. He had no appetite. If we were right now, they would think he's, uh, he has uh, COVID. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has no taste, no smell. So, can you imagine that? He went through a dramatic Occurrence encounter. Why? Because God wanted to prove to him you have been doing something wrong. You have been doing something wrong. And you know, I want to tell us that God is not through with us yet. He's not. He's, he's far from it. You and I have been transformed daily. Daily. Hourly. Secondly. Minutes, every minute, every second, every hour. What you knew before, you don't know it now. What you knew, you know, ten minutes ago, you don't know it. God is the transforming God. And since we we are being transformed daily, we need we should not rule out anyone. We should not rule someone out at all. God is still perfecting that person. God is still perfect. The person can mesh, can 
can absolutely measure today. But tomorrow, next week, next month, the person can change because God is working in him. God is working in her. You know, our pastor said one, said one thing. Say some woman came to their house and the, the woman was, um, she was trying to seduce him. You know, and when 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 they both found out, he and her husband, the husband, she and he and her husband, her wife found out. When he found out, and she also found out, the wife, what happened was they sent the woman packing. They sent the woman packing, and what then happened was, twenty years from that day, the woman came back to apologize. Twenty years later. Because now she now found Jesus and she knew what she did was wrong. Don't, don't let, don't, you have not landed. How will somebody else land? We're still going on the path. God is still having, has the ability to convert anybody. No matter the pain the person has brought to you, to others, or to the world. We should not hate anybody for any purpose. We should love them. We should we should show them the love of God. That's what David says. He says we should love our neighbors and also love ourselves. Good job, David. He said we need to love God. The love of God should overwhelm you and I. We should be able to pray for others. You see, like I said, the dramatic encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ gave Paul the fuel to teach and preach about Jesus. It says, when you, when you can believe God, when you can believe God is a God of second chances, it will not surprise you when someone who sinned terribly gets converted. It should not surprise you. It should not. But you know what? You know it surprised the people in the church? It surprised the people of the church. The, 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 the early, early church. It surprised them. Look at Acts 9, 26 to 27. It surprised them. He says, when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he, he tried to meet with the believers. But they were all what? Afraid. They did not believe that he truly was he never, he never could believe. See, then Barnabas brought him. There's only one person that says, oh, come on now. Brought him to the apostles and told them how, how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. He's only one person that says, no, no, no. Come on. Give this guy a chance. Give him a chance. Some unbelievers have, have to pass through Damascus moments before they can believe what? Before they can believe God. And that's why. Let me tell you something. And that is why Matthew 10, 7 to 8 remains very true. Matthew 10, 7 to 8 says, as you as you 
go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. The key here is when you preach the word, healings, miracles, signs, and wonders always have to follow. Because the thing is, when it follows, it's easy to, 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 it's easy for people to say, wow. Can you imagine if a woman that has child, a child has paralysis for a very long time, from birth, and she comes to church. And she comes and hears about Jesus. And her child is healed. What will happen to that woman? That woman will tell the whole village. She will tell the whole village. That look at an example. My child. Look at what happened to my child. From birth. He had paralysis. And look at now. He's, he can walk. He's free. That's the example. You know, there was a woman. Somebody told us the story. I don't know whether you remember Pastor. You know, somebody told us the story about a, a woman that she didn't have, she had a problem in her womb. And they removed, the doctor went and removed the womb because it says they, she had a problem with the womb. So we have to remove the womb. They took it all out. And what then happened was the doctor took it out and said, this is a good thing that you might not never have children again. That's what they told her. She got married and she became pregnant. And the same doctor said, how are you going to get pregnant? I just took your womb out three, four years ago. How are you going to get pregnant? So we say, let's do an ultrasound because who knows? There's something wrong. They say they saw a womb in place. Hallelujah! They saw a room, a womb in place. Why? You know what they, she now says? This is a temporary, it's like God put a temporary womb for her, for her to have the baby. Do you know that the doctor, she was going around testimonies to churches, testimonies. The doctor followed her and said, I, I, I witnessed it. I took, it, took the womb out. I witnessed it. This is, this is what she's saying is true. I took it out because she had a disease and now she, she's pregnant with a child. The mercy of God, the power of God in action. So, you know, we when the word of God, that's why one has to, you know, I was I was I was I was praying to I was praying this week and I said, God, you know, once our services when we preach the word, that signs and wonders follow suit. You don't have to do anything. You just all you have to do is to do what? Preach the word. There is power in the word of God. The word of God has the efficacy. 
he has the power to 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 mend and repair and perfect and he has the power so all all one can do is to what to testify to testify and stand for sure who you know you know this saw he, he, he later got changed to what to Paul and I can understand why people were afraid because he just prosecuted all these people Stephen was fresh in their memory mm-hmm. And, yeah, and he say this is this guy has changed. Ah, I want to see for myself. So I can understand why, why, because in your mind, maybe this guy is just dressed, trying to conform, as if I'm part of the followers, so I can kill you in, in your sleep. <laughs> so the, I can understand, but this is the same man that God used to write the Bible. The mercy and grace of God. Paul, you know, think about it. Paul killed believers. And now God is using him to bring (laughs) Hallelujah. To bring people back to the kingdom. He took People away from the kingdom. Now he's bringing people back to the kingdom. Isn't it the power of God? This is the power of God. Say, so no matter how how you're seeing the big, small, God is still in the business of forgiving you and returning you back to Himself. God will not reject you from His kingdom. He will not reject you from. He knows that you will sometimes make a mistake, and he knows that you it might be grave or it doesn't. He doesn't look at all that. He's willing to forgive no matter what what sin you have previously committed. Sin is sin, because some people think, "Oh, I did, I did, My sin is small. It's a white lie." And this is a big lie. Yours is graver. Nothing like that. Sin is sin completely. God consider consider sin as sin. Because if you look at James 1 15, he says the, the soul that sinned will die. It's he, basically he didn't say the soul that's the, the soul that sins small will die. Or the sins big that will is any everybody. So please don't condemn anyone, like I said. You know, since you are God's representative, He does not condemn, so you should not condemn. Instead, we should love and keep loving and keep asking God to help us to love. The mercy of God is still demonstrated with the Israelites. The Israelites did not accept Jesus. You know, I, I, I was listening to some 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 stop David, please. I was listening to I was listening to when I was on the treadmill today. <clears throat> I was listening to um, uh, Mavericks, this Maverick City music people, and they sang a song that about the prodigal son. And he said, you know, in the song he says that I ran to you, but you didn't. You didn't. 
make me I didn't run all the way. You met me halfway. He says, I did not look back. You did not look back either. And you know what that for me and the guy was describing it as it says, how you did not remember my sins. You did not remember anything I did. You did not remember the wrongs that I did. The, the, but all you did was to run after me. You did not sit in the balcony and say, look at this dude that's coming back. You did not do that. All you did was to run after me. I, the thing touched me. I said, wow, how many times did God run after me? How many times did he chase me? How many times did he leave the 99 to chase after me? The mercy and grace of God. The mercy and what? And grace of God. He's merciful. He's always constantly chasing after you. And that's what happened with the Israelites. He's always constantly. He came for them. He came for them. He came for the Israelites. And because they didn't accept him, what happened? He went and says, okay, Gentiles, hello, are you coming? <laughs> Let's go, come, come into the kingdom too. How do you know he came for? How, you might say, why do you know? Matthew 22, 1 to 10 tells us that. Matthew 22, 1 to 10, it says, Jesus also told them other parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a king who prepared a great feast, wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was, was ready, he's he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. But they refused to come. Who are the people that got invited? The Israelites. The Jews. They got invited, but they, they didn't come. Look at what he says. So he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared. The bulls, the fattens have been killed. And everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests... He had invited, ignored them, and went their own way, one to the farm, one to their businesses. Others, look at what he says. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious. And who are the messengers? He sent, he sent Jesus. He sent other people. John the Baptist. He sent all these people. And what happened? They assassinated them. The king was furious. And he sent out his army and to destroy the murderers and burn their, their town. And he, sent, he said to his, his, his servants, the wedding feast is ready. And the, and the guests are invited uh, the, the guests are invited aren't worthy of, of the honor. Now go to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servant brought in everyone they could see, they could find, good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. He now went out to look for Gentiles. 
good or bad. So it means that it's not our goodness that brings us into the kingdom. It doesn't bring us, it doesn't qualify us to the kingdom. It is the mercy and grace of God that qualifies us. God does not cut us off unless we decide to cut him off. Unless we decide, you know what? I don't want to do anymore. You know, we, we can decide we don't want to do anymore. And you know what? He, he can't do anything about it. He's not going to infringe on your will. And you know, that's what happened to our brother, Elijah. Because of Jezebel. Jezebel says, by this time tomorrow, <laughs> if you're not careful, you're going to die, man. And he's like petrifying. He's like, oh my goodness. This is, this is the man, can you, can you imagine? This is the man that's called for rain. And called from fire from heaven. And he did mighty miracles. It goes to tell me and you that we have bad days too. <laughs> That sometimes we, we, we have bad days. There are sometimes that things happen. Situations come and we, we get petrified. We get, we, get, we get like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen here? There are sometimes in life that we become afraid. We shiver. And says, God, even though all these, all these times. But you know, David reminded us. says, you shouldn't go there. Remind, he, he reminded us in First Samuel 36. He says, David was now in great danger. Look at him. He was in great danger because what? His men were bitter about losing their sons and daughters. So they began, they began to talk about stoning him. Like, 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 like Stephen. But David found strength in the Lord. The key is that, you see, here's the key. Elijah Elijah was afraid. But God, who is so faithful, so merciful, so kind, so reliable, sent an angel of the Lord three times to encourage him. Sent an angel of the Lord three times to encourage him, but still Elijah was what? Still afraid. He was still petrified. He says, I, I don't know about this thing. And that's why he kept on saying, I'm the only one left. And, and God says, no. There are like 7,000 people that haven't bowed down to bow. What are you talking about? You're not the only one left. But God was still trying to encourage him. You see that he says the angel of the Lord came and visited him. The angel of the Lord came and gave him food to eat. And again, the angel of God came. And again, they asked him in the cave. He says, what are you doing? Why are you all sorrowful? He says, because of these people that they are trying to kill him. And the angel of God. And now, I think that was the final straw. Like, okay, it seems as if you want to go to heaven. Now, let's find your replacement. Let's find your replacement. You're, you're tired. You know, so it tells me something. God is not done with us yet. Even if you're sick, 
and the devil the devil has written you off and said you're going to die. If you agree with the devil you're going to die, you're going to die. I'm telling you, as soon as you agree with the devil that you're going to die, you're going to die. But as soon as you agree with God that you're going to live, no matter what is going to happen, you're going to live. Amen. So the key, the key here is the key here is who are, whose message are you going to believe? Whose word are you going to believe? Are you going to believe God? Or are you going to look? David got strengthened. You know what happened? He got when he got strengthened. When he got strengthened. When he got strengthened, what happened? He went to God now. He got strengthened and went to God. And you know what he asked God? He says, so what should I do? Should I go after them or should I stay? God said, go after them. He was strengthened. So like I said, I, I repeat this thing again. This is for me is a good revelation for myself. If you're sick, I don't care whether it's terminal. I'm telling you, I don't care. I don't care whether it's terminal. As soon as you agree with the devil, as soon as you agree with the devil saying, maybe I should go home. God, I'm done. Let me go home. This is too painful. I want to go home. As soon as you do agree with the devil then, you're going home. But as soon as you agree with God and you still have that small ability to just say, God, I know I believe in you. God says, just keep trusting me. You live. <laughs> Sometimes fear comes to torture us. Sometimes fear comes to tell us that you know what you don't you don't have a match against me, you know, fear comes to say, you know what, you ain't gonna do this. But you see, God is merciful because look at what Romans eight thirty seven to thirty five to thirty seven says. Romans eight thirty five to thirty seven. He says, can any, anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us when we have trouble? What's trouble? Or calamity? Calamity is like every, everything is upside yeah. down. Yeah. Or persecuted. Somebody persecutes you and say, hey, maybe you need to go to jail or something. Or, or you know, some, somebody is torturing you. Or hungry. Or destitute. You're homeless. Or in danger. Or threatened with death. Can you imagine? Can you see this? Threatened with death. Elijah. God says what? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, what? Overwhelming victory is ours. Yeah, Major, please carry on. She almost fell. Overwhelming victory is what? 
ours through Christ who loves us. You know, sometimes we wonder how this overwhelming victory is. You know, sometimes, you know, the way we describe overwhelming victory is not the way sometimes we, God describes overwhelming victory. But we know for sure we have overwhelming victory. Always. Victory is always ours. So this is a, is a stern reminder that we're always victorious. This is a stern reminder that no matter what is going on in one's life, we have victory. So I, I just want to encourage us that I want to make a, 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 a call to those who feel that who feel they, they cannot be forgiven because of the sin in their life. You know, prostitutes were forgiven. The man in the Bible, God told him, go and marry a prostitute. Criminals that were almost on the cross, the criminal on the cross next to Jesus was forgiven. Look, look, Luke 23, 42 to 43. He says, Then then he said to Jesus, Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Even if you're a criminal, God is saying, you're still going to be with me in paradise if you can do what? Accept him as Lord and Savior. If you can, his hands are open wide to receive you. His heart is open wide to receive you. All you have to simply say is, God, wipe me clean. Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And as soon as you say that, God accepts you. Because he's faithful. He's so faithful. So, my, the, the key here is, he's a God that is merciful, he's kind, he's gracious, and most importantly, he's a God of second chances. You might make a mistake, but he still loves you. With an everlasting love. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh oh. She said hallelujah. Yes, she did. Alright, praise the Lord. Hallelujah.